Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic. But as always, we start things off with a brand new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us right now on our Facebook live stream, which we've just started, welcome. Today is Friday, May 28th. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the airwaves, welcome to you as well. It's now Monday, May 31st. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hi there. In just a moment, we'll be telling you some of the latest coronavirus updates from here in Taiwan. Also, a forest fire that has raged on Taiwan's highest peak has finally been put out after many days of wrestling with firefighters and helicopters and tons of water involved. And also, we'll be telling you about, if you're under lockdown, some Taiwanese films that you can enjoy from home. They're going to be released on YouTube, and they're classics, too. They're subtitled, so no trouble understanding them. We'll tell you all about that in just a moment. Please stick around. Let's start off today with this forest fire. Now, Taiwan doesn't tend to have the massive fires you associate with places like the Western U.S. or Australia, but we do occasionally have them, and unfortunately, like forest fires everywhere, mm. sometimes they're started by humans. Yeah, that's a sad part. Um, so while we were so concerned about COVID cases, especially and domestic cases, and the electricity going out, electricity going and there not out. being enough water, right, and then. Apparently, there's been a fire on Yushan, which is the tallest mountain in Taiwan, and it's been bla- it had been blazing for 12 days. Wow. And that is so sad because 960 firefighters were dispatched to fight that fire. And that is, uh, you know, that's just taking up a lot of people's energy and, you know, and spirit and everything. But um, so it destroyed 70 hectares of forest. And uh, they finally gained control of the blaze by creating a 30-meter-wide, 1.6-kilometer-long fire break, which is a gap in vegetation to right. stop wildfires. That's huge. It's it's huge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 yes, we got some rain on Saturday over the weekend, but that kind of helped, kind of helped, and so, so they finally put it out. But the Forestry Bureau is going to seek compensation from five hikers. And one of them, as I understand, it's an official, a government official. <laughs> yeah, um, I got his name here. He's the leader of, um, no, I'm sorry, the leader of the group of hikers. Um, um, he, he is a senior specialist at the National Communications Commission. Oh, the NCC. Yep, yeah. He, um, he was very apologetic to his credit. Um, he was. It was an accident, but uh, he, they're all in big trouble now. He kicked over well, 
was it him personally or one of them kicked over a gas stove by accident or he knocked s- it over? He said he's the one who did it. He knocked it while over they were, while they were cooking. Yeah, breakfast during uh, the camping trip. But um, social media users are speculating that he actually started a campfire deliberately show off his ability to do so. How can they? What evidence do they have to support that? I don't know. Maybe they really know him as a person. Like you know, he's a show off. I don't know. He's I don't a, know. He's a government bureaucrat or yeah but how, hey, how do random people on social media know him well? i was thinking that we're on alert three and people are supposed to stay home well when it started but, i don't think we were yet huh i don't oh think, how many days was it oh 12 days ago yeah, we've been well okay wait it a hasn't it just started nationwide is more recent remember that when taipei yeah. we started earlier so yeah well all right fine um but then the news only came out now that he was the... Oh, uh, anyway, never mind. So the Bureau deployed 113 of its workers to fight the blaze, aided by personnel from other government agencies and military. See, it's not just firefighters. The military, military got in there wow. and other government agencies. So a total of 960 firefighters were deployed at altitude. Now it's really way up high, 3,200 kilometers, fighting a fire. Mm. That's very, very difficult. No wonder it took 12 days. And there's no water. We should emphasize we're in the middle of a drought. And yes. the location of the fire also just happens to be far from any normally available sources of water. They yeah. had um, helicopters bringing buckets and buckets of water. They made like an, used like a, I saw them using like an earth mover or oh, a I, sort of bulldozer to yeah. make a sort of trench where water could gather. Oh my goodness. So yeah, the National Rescue Command Center, you know, they, they dispatched a couple of helicopters. Mm. They dropped 161 tons of water tons on the flames. Tons of water. You <sighs> know, just right when we're having a drought. Right. Yeah. And this is terrible. It has to be embarrassing for the guy, though. It is. Now, several firefighters actually experienced altitude sickness, and some even got injured in the process. Wow. And the thing, though, it was all, the the fire was hindered in a way because they were also fighting other forest fires. Yusan wasn't the only one. Okay. There were a couple of other firefight. Um, I mean, uh, wildfires in the neighborhood. Yeah, and, we're in and the most serious drought probably in living memory. Yeah, and then um, one of them was reported caused by campfire embers. Like, look, if you put out a Why fire after you, camp- you got to make sure in a, in a drought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they have to eat, so they were like cooking. I don't know, but just make sure they really, really, really put out a fire before you leave. You know. So um, that raged for seven days. The other one? Yes, this other one. And it destroyed 5.4 hectares of woodland. We're not going to have much woodland left after I all this know, is over. I know, isn't that sad? So it says that nearly 70%, uh, sorry, 70 personnel were dispatched to create a one kilometer long fire break for that fire. Okay. And then um, the, uh, actually in, on this trail, this um, Malu San Trail or something, that fire lighting fires is actually forbidden in the area. So do they know who did that one? Um, well, I don't know. Um, it's a very popular hiking trail in that mountain area. Mm. And so um, anyway, then it gave some figures, not figures, the fact that since March, there have been several fires um, caused by hikers cooking food. And then 62 fires in forests have been reported since January this year. The highest number for the period on record. Well, it is probably also the driest period on record, like I said, in many decades. Probably. So. And so you need to be more, even more careful. You need to be extra careful. Yeah. And most of them were, of course, caused by human activity. Yeah. So watch it. I mean, 
yeah. You know, I mean, to be honest, I love to be up there in the mountains. It's a lovely area. We've both, you've been there too, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just that, I mean, I love being in the mountains, but the thing is that, I mean, I mean, because we're so cooped up inside that, you know, I just want to get out. You know, my son's really edgy. He wants to get out. So, well, no, you know, no, no, no. Stay indoors, wear your mask. Well, the thing is that um, my husband and my son are taking turns driving me to and from work. So, you know, when, when I mean, even if it's just to get in the car and drive me to work, they, they want to get out of the house, you know. Uh-huh. So... I mean, boys well, I are boys. <laughs> it's going to be a while before we can get into the mountains again, though. I don't think that's going to... Yeah. Um, okay, so now, right, they, they're not allowing hikers in the mountains, So I guess they? we won't have any more... Probably not. I don't... We're all supposed to stay at home. Yeah. Although, I mean, you think that you're up in the mountains. They've closed, you like, all sure sorts of recrea- they, they, recreation they, venues. That's um, considered recreation. I know the National Park up the road from us, they shut down they shut some down of the their... trail route? I mean, they I don't know about the if they can tro- close trails, but they definitely... Uh, they shut down some, like, pavilions and places where people might gather. Oh, okay. So, that people makes were sense. Because people from the city were just congregating yeah. over there instead. Right. You know, in fact, um, there was a celebrity. Uh-oh. He um, posted a picture that he took his family to... Um, to hike like in the mountains and they were going like, why are you there? How, how come you be posting the pictures and all that? Not very smart now. Yeah, he's a sportive celebrity. <clears throat> yeah. he's, not, he's a singer, but you know, he's really into exercising and yeah, he has a son and- Well, when, I, once, the, once they have COVID, he's not gonna be able to sing very well at all, is he? <laughs> so. I know. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Don't light forest fires and stay inside. Those are right. the takeaways from, these, from this story, I think. Right. Speaking of people absolutely doing what they're not supposed to be doing, uh, the Augusto Crown Golf Course in New Taipei has been fined around uh, nearly 37,000 US dollars for illegally operating for one, two, three, four, five different days they caught them open when they were supposed to be closed. Recreation venues are closed. We're on the level three alert, which means... This is really bad. um, And they're not alone. I've seen lots of um, reports on the news of karaoke places pretending to be closed with their lights out, but actually the police raid them and there's a ton of people inside. They're yeah. operating normally while pretending to be closed. So they're not alone, but I haven't seen a figure of a fine this big yet. Um, oh. So it kind of stood out to me. Um, oh, they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they were sent a directive. They got the directive. The sports office notified them on May 15th they were supposed to shut down. Mm. See? And um, they kept operating, even though government, city government officials from New Taipei and police officers showed down and ordered them to shut, out, to shut it down. And they kept operating. Bad, bad. You guys are bad. Uh, you the, know, the employee said, well, nothing you can do. The boss said we have to keep open. Oh, no. Well, I mean, that's why our health minister cried recently. Did he? I didn't see that. Because, you know, people are just not following regulations, yeah. right? And they're blaming him, which I don't think is fair. Oh, that's not fair. I see well, a lot you... of I see a lot of not very nice messages sometimes when they have like the uh, instant chat on their live streams when they give the daily news briefing. Uh-huh. There's, there's some very supportive ones, but a lot of trolls. So oh. I can understand why he would cry. It's not his fault. No, it isn't. Um. So, yeah, they've been uh, booked under the Communicable Disease Control Act, and um, they're kind of, well, actually, it looks like they have got some, in some cases, the maximum fine for different uh, violations. Uh So they've really thrown the book at them for certain days. Uh I can't tell. Well, they find them a bunch of different times. I'm not sure what they're all for, Mm -hmm. but some of them are what the maximum is, according to this article, for violating the act. 
Finally, though, uh, city officials returned to the golf course on Thursday and found that it had a sign that said, we're closed. So it must have gotten through to them. I hope they went in to Finally. check, though, because there's a lot of people pretending to be closed. And Yeah, I mean, oh, golf courses are huge. My favorite thing, and I, I, as we're broadcasting this, it's Friday. The, the final line says, if the golf course opens on Friday, its electricity and water will be cut off. Yeah, that's what the government's been doing. I mean, if they tell you once, twice, and you're not closing down, they shut off electricity and water, and that's it. You I don't can't think operate. It's hard. That I mean, work. but I don't think everyone is entirely to blame because, uh, as we mentioned, we're also in a drought and there's water shortages in much of Taiwan. One mm-hmm. of the latest people to get COVID, uh, uh, this is a separate story now, uh, was someone who just wanted to take a shower. Have you heard this? No, no. Um, so some areas of central Taiwan, especially, I think, are having water rationing where they cut off your water for several days. Yeah, like two five days. days. Oh, two, two days, days every sorry. week, is it? Yeah, yeah, two days a week. And this guy, I mean, you're supposed to stay home, but if you can't shower, that's gross. Um, yeah. So he went to his sister's home. He was a man in his 70s in Zhanghua County, went to his sister's home where I guess they did have water. Mm-hmm. His sister's family all had COVID. <gasps> so he got COVID yes. too? Oh. Just, to, just for trying to take a shower. You really don't know where you might run into it. So it's really best to just stay home. Uh, that's a, the other cautionary that, tale from today. Wow, that's pretty bad. That's sad. Yeah. That's Oh, that's terrible. Um, so uh, that's the most unfortunate case of someone yeah, catching I COVID I've heard. I mean, yeah, people, I don't, we don't mean to people, laugh. But no, <laughs> I mean, people not wearing their masks and being stupid is one thing, but he just really wanted a shower. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you do? I know, and it's summer here. The you worst know, thing would be... hot and sticky. I mean, the worst thing would be if they if we have another blackout and they cut your air conditioning as well. You've got no power or water. <laughs> yeah. then, then you're really going to smell. Then you're, yeah. <laughs> then you're yeah. really going to a shower. It's like, uh, Even still, uh, the moral of the story is I guess you got to really stay in your house as much as possible. So pretty much everything that's fun is shut down here. That's what we've established so far. But not to worry, there's a lot of stuff you can still do online mm-hmm. thanks to some of these uh, cultural institutions we have here in Taiwan. And you overseas can as well, actually, enjoy some of this stuff. Uh, what I'm going to bring you now is a story about the Taiwan Film and Audiovisual Institute, which is closed to the public like most institutes of its kind for the moment. Um, they're streaming free of charge these classic Taiwanese movies, and they've got English subtitles, so people around the world can en- watch and enjoy. If you're a film buff, definitely a great opportunity for you. Very nice. Um, they're black and, and white movies. Like I said, they're very, they're by some... Very two new uh, classics. Uh, acclaimed directors are behind these films, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so here is what's going to be coming up. Um, apparently, they posted four films on its YouTube channel last weekend and got a very nice positive response so they said they're going to try another six movies and they're going to have three each for the next two weeks you can watch them until june i'm sorry uh you can watch them there's a june 3rd is for the first bunch so you got to kind of hurry but uh-huh. they'll be on there for a few days you can check them out yeah the first bunch which is going to be probably it looks like next week is uh three films directed by lin tuan Chiu, who is a famous taiwanese director um, who studied in Japan during the Japanese colonial period. So okay. we're talking before World War II was wow. when his sort of formation as a director came about. And then he came back to Taiwan in 1943, and then two years later, the end of World War II, uh-huh. Japanese will ends. But he keeps his film career up in the new 
post-colonial Taiwan. In 1958, he starts his own company. He built a studio, and it was the biggest in Taiwan at the time. Wow. So um, the three films that were he up of his that are going to be broad, broadcast, streamed online, sorry, are The Husband's Secret, which sounds uh, interesting, <laughs> May 13th, Night of Sorrow, and Six Suspects. Um, they're all black and white films. They're all from the 1960s, but they've been digitally restored. And like I said, they've got subtitles added for you to enjoy. Mm. Um, those are going to be online. It says that they're going to make them available uh, one a day starting Friday. So uh, you can watch them for up to seven days until 6 p.m. Taiwan time on June 3rd. Okay. Uh, the other director is equally acclaimed. Um, this, these are also films from the 1960s by... Director Xin Qi, and uh, these are called uh, these three films are called Dangerous Youth, Foolish Bride, Naive Bridegroom, and The Bride Who Has Returned from Hell. Sounds like a <laughs> B movie, <laughs> a zombie film. Now, this Xin Qi, who is uh, now no longer with us, but uh, he is quite was quite prolific. He directed more than fifty films in his career, and he got. The Taiwanese equivalent of get really an Oscar, the Golden Horse. Oh, there you go. Someone lifetime was asking. And the Lifetime Achievement Award, too. Oh, in 2000. someone was asking if um, any of these got Oscar awards, and there you go. No, no, the director got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, okay. So, well, that's something. I don't know in the 1960s. I know they have a foreign I language wonder, category, but I'm not sure when that was set up. Yeah, it was. If there was Oscars back that early. What would you um, put on, on your list of classic Taiwanese films that everyone needs to see. Does it have to be black and white? No, it can be oh. something that you think is a... No, one of my favorite Taiwanese American, okay. act, I mean, uh, director. Ang Lee? Ang Lee. Okay. Any of his. Uh, honestly, any of his But he's directed awesome. a lot of American movies. Except for maybe The Green Hulk. <laughs> oh, you don't like that one? <laughs> I was. I heard that it was It was a failure. You didn't, you didn't see it? Um, did I see it? I don't think I did. My my son saw it, and he was gone. And your, your son is like a film buff, right? <laughs> yes. So. I guess his opinion counts. <laughs> right, extra. I would think so. Um, but, what else? Um, that's some. Um, that's that's really what I recommend. I mean, you're talking about Hollywood. Yeah, but these are mostly no, Taiwanese. These, okay, these are mostly Taunies. American films. What about oh, the Taiwanese well, genres? Ho, think about. It. We've got a lot of directors, not just Ang Lee either. Ho Xian Sun. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I don't watch much because his is more like really artsy kind of movies. You know, um, not not my type. But, you mean your um, son's type of movie? No, my type. Oh, okay, not not, not quite my type. Yeah, you're not but, an art house um, film. Buff. Yeah, um, maybe uh, Cape Number Seven. I love that film. <laughs> that was one of the movies that made me decide to come to Taiwan. Are you serious? Yes. You know it. That movie happened during the financial crisis in 2018. 2008. 2008. Sorry, sorry. It was like yeah, 2008, not 18. And um, you know. I think the director himself was surprised that you know it got it was such a hit because it's like because a really like um it was it came at a right time everybody's like you know in this down about the fine you know about the I don't know financial crisis and all that and then there's that movie that just uplifted everybody's spirit that's how I felt it so I mean yeah what, what did you get out of that movie um I just thought it was very like funny and heartwarming and yeah um, kind of sad too and a lot of things yeah, um, yeah, it was really that's good. Really that's a good one. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, kind of cute, you know, very simple storyline, and 
but really had a lot of Taiwanese local elements in there. Very. Um, actually, at the time, I had a Taiwanese sort of professor type, uh, from, oh, from so Taiwan. Oh, so he got to explain was, a lot She was to like, you. okay, so this is like how <laughs> life here re- in the south of Taiwan really is. That is true. In the south of Taiwan. I mean, it really totally depicts the kind of life down there. So you got to see it. Yeah. Well, what Take else? The, what seven. about the one with the gymnast? What's it called? Fang Guimba. Oh, yeah. Uh, something. Is yeah, that something. Eddie Pong in it? The what? It's based on a true story. I know. There's a he got like polio, didn't he? Uh, he it did. Was disabled for some reason, and then went on to become a was that a great gymnast. Oh, you know, I watch a lot of movies. Me, my husband, and I. Not only my son, but my husband and I are are movie buffs, and so we watch so many movies. Sometimes we just forget that we've actually seen that movie or something. There's just too many to count. The, so, hmm. um, the movie that I want to see, I think it's on Netflix actually, is uh, Your Name Engraved Herein. But I think it would make me cry, so I don't want to see it. So, you didn't see it? I didn't. Um, oh, because my husband and I went to see it. Was yes, it I cried. Yeah, it's I really thought, sad. I thought the two um, main love characters story. were just amazing acting. And they're like in their they're, early 20s too. They're young yeah, people. It's, they're a, it's a story very, of love in um, they were very early, good. in late 1980s Taiwan. Mm. It's a gay love story mm-hmm. and it doesn't go well. Um, but, you know, uh, right. if you like tear jerking movies, I guess that's it. One yeah, for you. Definitely. Also, um, did you see Detention? That one rewards too, didn't it? That what? Detention. Detention. Oh, um, Fun. No, so. I sorry, I don't like scary kind of movies. Sorry, but no that's way. the thing. Like we have something for everyone in our film scene, and it's a uh, pretty cool because we're only twenty three million people. It's not the biggest market in the world, is it? Um, but we have a lot of. But I think Taiwanese movie industry is really on the up and up now. It's a good thing, I think. Ang Lee really tries to promote Taiwan so much. I mean you know, trying to encourage foreign filmmakers to come and make movies here in Taiwan. And you did succeed with Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah. And um, doing a silence. What was it? What is it? That was was it silence? Was it was one Luc Besson came here too a lot. Luc Besson. Oh, came here. Yeah, 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 yeah. For Lucy. Yes. Was it? That was filmed. Yeah, in, with um, Scarlett Johansson. Which yeah. I think had some lovely shots of Taipei as well. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think what else. We really have got a... It's kind of a shame. I don't know much about these older Taiwanese films. I don't either. So, I, I mean, yeah, I don't really remember the names. I just kind of... I only really know, I know movies that have come out here in the last, like, 10-ish years. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen any of anything before that. Uh, and I understand uh, that back in the day, um, there was a lot more even, like, uh, uh, local films. For instance, uh, you know, like, the whole uh, area, uh, that whole area in the north coast of Taiwan and also Beitou, just outside of Taipei, were shot, had all kinds of films shot there. Yeah. And you can see clips of them if you go to like the Hot Spring Museum because that was, in addition to Hot Springs, one of the places that the area was famous for back in the day. Mm. And I've interviewed a couple of um, Taiwanese, you know, um, filmmakers, young ones, more like they, um, one of them kind of grew up in the States and, and is now in Taiwan and married a celebrity. But um, he did, uh, the one was that, Au revoir, Taipei. Ooh. Taipei. It's a simple, you know, it wasn't like a, a big hit or anything like that, but nice kind of love story too. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a, a lot of new stuff coming out every year. I really don't get to see as much of it as I should, but uh, I have most of the ones we talked about today I have seen. So uh, definitely all recommended. I think, I don't know if they're classic enough or in the, they're not in the public domain either, but the Taiwan Film and Audiovisual Institute really ought to consider broadcasting those for an international audience. 
that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. We hope you enjoyed today's program, and we hope you'll stick around for more of Shirley up next on Jukebox Republic. Hello there, you just tuned into Jukebox Republic, I'm Shirley Lin. That song is in Cantonese, but that's okay. During COVID, let's have a listen to some Cantonese music. Um, Su, was it Su Yong Kang? He's a well-known um, singer. And everybody just loves him, so here in Taiwan. The song is Tisuan Danxin. Actually, I'm really worried. Okay, why am I talking about that? Well, it's been quite a week this past week, you know, with uh, domestic COVID cases, uh, numbers on the rise. They've been in the triple digits for every day for a couple of weeks now. And so we're at level three COVID alert, uh, and it's been extended to June 14, which means that you're encouraged to stay home. And um, just, uh, yeah, but um, before hearing some positive words coming from an epidemiologist last Thursday, I really had my worries. So that's why this song. Oh, 
山，是谁听得比你伤心？难道我不担心，不想牺牲，不知道你两手抖震，仍然为你等，伴我编织脚印。I know， 现实有黑暗。其实我很担心，很想牺牲，很想气愤，两手抖震。其实越痛心，你越要争取一个吻，要不离别人，自信能和我相衬。手抖震，仍然为你等，伴我编织脚印。I know， 现实有黑暗，其实我很担心，很想牺牲，很想气愤，明白你敏感，其实越痛心，你越要争取一个吻。I can say Cantonese. That means actually I'm very worried. Well, I used to live in Hong Kong, so I I, I still remember some Cantonese, but forgotten most of it. Yeah, Su Yongkang. He's actually、uh, got quite a following here in Taiwan.、Um, but anyway,、uh, you're listening to Jubas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm talking about how worried I was、um, about COVID. And actually, it's just because we got a hike in、uh, a surge in domestic cases here in Taiwan in the last couple of weeks now. But as much as I was worried, or I'm worried, I'm going to be positive in this show. I need to help myself to think positively. Remember, I said that my daughter, the one who lives in Shanghai, well, she went back just about、um, over a week ago. Um, because、um, when we got worse with domestic cases, she got worried that she would never be able to go back. So in a week's time, she reserved plane ticket. She took her PCR test. It came on negative、uh, right the morning of the、uh, of the day when she was just hop on a plane and leave. All in a week's time. I was not ready for her to leave so soon because she didn't give me enough time to prepare prepare myself. You know, she had been home here for four months. I felt like I had to get used to her not being home all over again. I was slightly devastated, especially when I heard that she had to take a PCR test again upon arriving in Shanghai. 
um, because she hadn't drank any water in like hours and hours. She didn't take off her mask at all for that many hours. Her throat was really dry, and they poked at her throat three times before they could take a sample, a proper sample. She said she broke down and cried because it hurt so much. I felt so bad. I felt so sorry for her. I cried myself too, and I was worried that she would have a hard time sleeping by herself at a quarantine hotel for the next fourteen days, and and also that she might have nightmares because she was having them every now and then when she was here in Taipei. It wasn't until the next night、um, after she arrived in Shanghai, we video chatted and saw her looking very happy and smiling and doing well. So then, that's when my worry subsided. Yeah, I worried too much. I worried a lot, but yeah, you know, young people adapt very quickly. And besides, she's like back in her second home. Shanghai is her second home. She's been there for more than four years now, and she's at ease, feeling. I mean, being home, second home, being home in her second home. Anyway, now I video chat with her every now and then, and I feel like as if she's just right next door to me. So I'm very thankful for high technology. So that even though we're all apart, we can still see each other, though we can't touch each other. But we feel like you know we're seeing each other as if whoever that we're in touch with are just next door to us, right? You know the sounding is so perfect.、Um, as long as the Wi-Fi is、uh, is working, then you can see the other person pretty clearly, right? So we need to be thankful for the kind of technology we have these days, right? I mean, it's so much better than the days when we could only call long distance, you know, calls. Like when I was in college in America, like ages ago, I couldn't see my parents. I couldn't see how they were doing, and vice versa. They couldn't tell if I was looking all right, except for a couple of times when I flew home. Otherwise, it was like ten years before I could see my parents, because I stayed on and worked after four years of college in the states. All right, time for another song. Here's 不用担心 Don't worry. No need to worry. By Ke Youlun.
这样倒下，我还以为你在装傻，可不可以不要留我一个在这挣扎？可以躺着不说话，等你睁开眼。Then I worried about my other daughter, the one who's a nurse. Her real job is working at a children's hospital in the ICU ward in Taipei. Though lately, I realized she had been taking care of some COVID babies, COVID positive babies. But last week, she was made to go to another ward and take care of adult COVID patients、um, because they're short-handed. Yeah, so that's why I really wonder, you know, if we have that many. Um, medical front frontline workers, frontline medical workers, to cope with the surge in、um, domestic cases here. But、um, she was really worried the day before she was sent to that ward, that other ward, and so I was worried too because you know we're just worried. I mean, she hadn't taken the vaccine at that time. She talked about the complicated process of putting on and off the full protective gear, two layers of masks. Then a shield. Then she would have to wear, you know,、uh, a, a headwear, and then just putting on. I mean, it was just like sweating so much inside and hard to breathe. And she had to do that three times a day, and that means chucking the protective gear each time. So think about, wow, you know, how we really, really need to value all the resources we have on Earth. Um, she had to take care of two adult patients for about four days in a row, but thank goodness on the second day she got the vaccine. She didn't even know she was getting it, so when we learned she got it, I was relieved somewhat. She took a picture of you know 
the um, the card certificate to indicate that she got the first uh, of the vaccine. The second one she'll be getting um, after two months, and um, she did have a fever for a couple of days. I was very worried, but since she's back at work, I'm assuming she's feeling fine. She says she was working in a negative pressure ward. Is that how you say it? And it's one nurse to one patient. She said that they have these loudspeakers installed so that if anything happens inside the the room, she can shout and they can hear her in the hallway, and then they'll come to a rescue, you know, or to assist her. Gosh, these things that you learn every day, right? That you don't learn from school. I know at the time she wanted to become a nurse, she, um, but who would have known that one day, you know, something like COVID nineteen hits, and she would have to put her life in such peril. I know she wondered if she still likes her job. You know,、uh, lately she's been thinking that. It seems that when she's back in the children's ward, she's happier, though she's still very tired and under a lot of pressure. The cute thing is that my mother-in-law made her and her husband some chicken soup the other day to bring home and eat because my in-law's house is not far from the hospital that she works at. I was thankful. At least my mother-in-law got something to do while being cooped up at home. I'm sure it won't be her last time making chicken soup, or maybe making a whole meal or dinner for the two young people. And here's another song: "Don't Worry, Don't Worry" by Du De Wei, also a singer from Hong Kong.
Is worried anymore after my colleague Natalie So interviewed an epidemiologist in Taiwan. Epidemiologist, I hate saying this word. She said that they are all into numbers, something about comparing the percentage of cases to the population and comparing to other countries. So you know, she was saying that hey, we don't have to worry in Taiwan, so we shouldn't worry that much. Um, she said instead to keep a positive attitude by exercising well, eating well, taking vitamins if necessary, and keeping positive attitude because that will lift our immunity. And then I remembered years ago a book that came out called "A Great Revolution in the Brain World" by a Japanese doctor who said that if you keep a positive attitude, your body would secrete good cells, healthy cells. So keep that in mind. She did say the epidemiologist did say though that the pandemic would die down when more than fifty percent of the population is vaccinated. That would produce herd immunity. So let's all stop hesitating and get the vaccine. Most importantly for now, don't panic, don't worry, and keep a positive attitude. For Jukebox Republic, I'm Shirley Lin, and here's one last song. It's 别叫我担心 Don't tell me to worry by Zhuang Lifan.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.